Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Cupid Shuffle, Part 3, Make It a Ministry, recorded Sunday, February 19th, 2023. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Dan with today's message. Well, today uh, we wrap up this series called Cupid Shuffle, and I would just encourage you, if you haven't been here for the last two weeks, go onto our Facebook page, go online, and, and listen to the sermons that Josh and Parker both preached. They, they hit some really difficult subjects and, and did so with so much grace, did so with, with so much love for who God has made us to be, and, and it was just really, really good stuff. When we were planning this series in early January... Uh, it was the three of us and a couple other people in the room, and we're going through the different weeks, and we get to this week, and uh, it becomes pretty abundantly clear that what we're going towards is, is, is this idea of contentment, <clears throat> what it looks like to be content in any and every stage of life. And I'll just be honest with you, contentment, content, not my favorite words in the Bible, right? Like I have a list of words that aren't my favorite. And that's one of them because I struggle with it. I struggle with just being where I am and being okay with it. To me, I can, I can totally hear like Eeyore, right, saying, just be content, you know. And, and I don't like it. You know, I want to strive for something new. In fact, I thought about, well, what if we just replaced the word with words like thriving, you know, words like crushing it, uh, words that just speak something different. And uh, if you follow football, it seems like contentment is the prevent defense of words. You know, it's like the idea is just don't screw it up. You know, just go out there and, and, and just live where you are. Don't screw it up. Uh, and, and honestly, this is uh, kind of how my brain was during that meeting. You know, I'd, I just wanted to get out of there, right? Like, let's call in sick. Let's do anything not to be the guy that talks about this because I struggle with it. And so I'm supposed to talk to, to married people who are in both great marriages and struggling marriages, single people who love being single, single people who can't wait to not be single, people who have been through their share of relational hurt, and then people who have lost their life partner, their loved one of 30, 40, 50, or 60 years. I'm supposed to tell all of you, just be content. Maybe my problem is that I'm just defining the word wrong, not understanding it the way that God wants me to understand it. So we've used this passage from Titus chapter 3, uh, and today there's just one little sentence that I want us to grab onto there, and it, uh, the, the whole chapter kind of says, we used to be like this, but, but now we're like this. And this, this verse for today, it says, we used to live in malice and envy. Hating and being hated. And at the very core of that is that we could not find, people could not find contentment. In his letter to the church in Philippi, Paul wrote this in Philippians chapter 4, if you want to follow along with that. He says, I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And the message translation changes it just a little bit. It says, I've found the recipe for being happy. And I thought, all right, let's go with that, right? Like, uh, 
You, you know when you're looking online for the latest chili recipe or whatever, and you click on it, and there's like a 75-page story, right, of my grandma passed this down to me, and my kids have eaten it for years, and I replaced the black beans with pinto beans. And you're like, where's the button that says skip to recipe, right? Like, where is that button? And that's kind of what I want to do with this passage. I want to hit that button and say skip to, skip to recipe. And so turn the page to Philippians chapter 5. Well, spoiler alert, it doesn't exist. Like, Paul just kind of leaves us hanging here. I want to find out what his recipe for contentment is. Well, over the last couple of weeks, I've had some really good conversations with uh, lots of people, friends and coworkers who are single, uh, people who are in great marriages. Uh, I talked with a really good friend whose marriage is just seriously on the rocks about the pain and, and uh, uh, what contentment looks like there. And I talked with uh, some people who have outlived the love of their life and they have to figure out how to keep moving forward. And I was really looking forward to being able to share with them and with you like these magic words about how to be content in any and every stage of life. But there's no chapter 5. And so I realized that to understand what Paul's talking about, we had to look at some other areas of his life. Some areas where he's written about challenges that he's gone through. And the biggest section of that is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to kind of speed read through this. It says, I've worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely, exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Uh, Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the ocean, and I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers and danger from bandits, danger from my fellow Jews and from Gentiles, in danger in the city and in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep, and I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked, and besides all of that, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. See, if anyone had reason to feel a little discontent, it was Paul, the same guy who says, I've, I've discovered the secret. I found the recipe. This is what it looks like. And Paul, understand this, he was able to simply replace a couple words. And he, he was able to go from, this is where I'm stuck, to this is where I'm strategically situated. See, the lie the world wants us to believe is that contentment will be found when fill in the blank. And it might be different for you than it is for me. It might be that you're saying, when I find that right person. Or it might be when my mom and grandma quit asking me if I found the right person. Or it might be when my spouse starts to see things from my vantage point. Or when I'm blessed with kids after a long wait. Or when those kids finally move out of the house, right? There's all these things that we think someday, right? Someday there will be contentment there. And we live in a place that's not as good as it could be because we're thinking about times other than the here and now. We see other people who seem to be in such a great spot. And we begin to agree with whoever said the grass is greener on the other side. Laura, in a meeting that we had recently, said... You know, she built on that a little bit, and she said, the grass is greener, but the water bill is higher. 
And uh, there's, there's a lot of truth to that too, right? We can get so busy looking at other people's situations and not realizing that there's a cost, there's a commitment that goes along with, with things looking better on their side of the fence. Well, and then Kelly, who's also a bit of a theologian, she reminded me of the great theologian, Justin Bieber, who said, uh, the grass is greener where you water it. A lot of truth in that. The grass is greener where you actually get the hose out and start taking care of it and start watering what you've been given. See, if the lie is that everything will be better when the blank gets filled in, the truth is that life in Jesus, not your relationship status, not the health of your relationships, life in Jesus is what results in contentment. And here's the beauty in that. You can desire something different. You can even grieve and mourn and still live in a place of contentment. And so single people, if you desire to be married at some point or you don't, great. I want you to hear this. Contentment and life in its fullest is available to you right now. If you're married or if you've been through loss, you've been through hurt, I want you to hear this. Contentment and life in its fullest is available to you now. It's not someday. It's not it used to be. It's now. And we need to we need to accept that and run towards that. See, contentment really requires us to say, I do, to three really important commitments. The first one is, I will commit to becoming the best version of who God has made me out to be. And the good news is becoming the best version of you isn't dependent on that relationship status. Andy Stanley's kind of famous for telling young people, are you becoming the kind of person that the kind of person you're looking for is looking for? And that's not a bad phrase. But there's a phrase from the Bible that actually speaks to all of us. Galatians chapter 5, it's not written to single people or to married people, divorced people or widowed people. It's not written to people who have kids and people who don't have kids. It's written to people, period. It's written first and foremost to the church in Galatia, but it's written to us as well. And it says this in chapter 5, it says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Pretty long list. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living in that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to this cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. I'm going to give you a little homework for this week, and it's simply that you open that chapter back up, Galatians chapter 5, and you focus in on verses 22 and 23. I want you to just take a a pad of paper or your computer or whatever it looks like, 
And just to answer that question, am I, not Dan, you, right? Am I becoming better at love? Am I becoming better at joy, peace, patience? And that's actually a rhythm that would make sense for you to get into a couple of times a year where you take an assessment of where you're at and where you're going. Am I becoming the best version of the person God created me to be? Second, I will commit to living in the moment, making the most of every situation. I don't know if you've seen uh, pictures over the last few days, but uh, about a week and a half ago, LeBron James broke a 39-year record held by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, maybe the greatest, uh, and, and that's an old guy, right? Uh, he broke this record, and people paid eighty dollars to $100,000 to sit courtside at this game, and, and this is what took place, right? Like, if you look really close there, you'll see nobody's watching the play. Everyone, they're live, $80,000, and they're looking through a five-and-a-half-inch screen. They're not living in the moment. And before you tell me that our generation was better because we didn't take phones to games, uh, maybe it's just because we didn't have phone cords that were long enough, you know? Uh, Maybe distracted people have been around far longer. Here's the picture of Michael Jordan and uh, his shot. Um, I think you'll notice with both people, they probably could have made a pass for an easier shot. But uh, uh, distracted people have existed far longer than an iPhone. And you're a victim of it, and I'm a victim of it, but also I'm guilty of it, and so are you. Uh, What I want to be like is this guy, Phil Knight, was at the game, and there's a lady sitting right above him as well, and they're just there. They're just living life. They're taking in the moment while everyone else is so distracted. Last year, Angela and I were in Colorado, and we set out on this hike called Rattlesnake Gulch. And sure enough, a little ways into the hike, some people coming down the mountain who seemed happy and full of breath uh, looked at me and said, be careful, there's a, there's a rattlesnake just up ahead. And I thought, okay, yeah, right, you know, it's Rattlesnake Gulch. Uh, and then the next two or three parties told me the same thing. And so two things happened that day. The first one is I started to take more seriously the name of hikes, right? Like it said it right there on the sign. And so if there's a day when I get to that sign and it says, bald man falls, I'm not doing that hike, right? Like I am not going on that hike. The second thing is uh, for the next few hours, I was so busy that I didn't enjoy any of the hike. I was looking behind me. I was looking to the sides. I was looking up ahead because he didn't tell me 42 paces. You know, he said somewhere up ahead, there's a snake. Well, thanks. And if Angela had not taken a picture from the lookout, wouldn't have known anything about the hike. The sad part is we live our lives that way way too often as well. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days and don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. I hope that you've been following along with the rhythms on the Church Center app. This week we read a couple paragraphs that I thought were pretty incredible. It said, Paul wanted Jesus followers to stop putting all their attention on what was in the past 
and to see the present moment as a chance to live for Jesus. He wanted them to be present, to live in the moment. And it wasn't just him preaching, it's how he actually lived his life. From a dark, wet, disease-infested prison, Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1, he says, I want to report to you, friends, that my imprisonment here has had the opposite effect of what they intended. Instead of being squelched, the message has actually prospered. All the soldiers here, the Roman soldiers, and everyone else, they've come to learn about Jesus. And not only that, but most of the followers of Jesus here have become far more sure of themselves in their faith than ever before, speaking out fearlessly about God and about the Messiah. See, what Paul could have embraced uh, was despair, but he chose hope and living for Jesus and advancing the gospel right where he was. And I'll just promise you there are moments and maybe whole stages of life where you're going to experience something different than your preferred pathway. You might be in one of those moments right now. And the choice that you have is, will I live here? Will I find the purpose that he has for me right here? Or am I going to be so distracted by what's ahead, what's behind, or what's to the side? I was thinking about a few people in our church who just exemplify this. Steve is a single man who right now is serving in Kid City. Uh, He's been back there for years. Uh, A lot of you have kids who just adore Steve because they know that he cares for them. Uh, We have lots of couples that serve as marriage mentors. They're living in their preferred pathway, but but they're just saying, I'm going to pour into other people who are building up towards their marriage day, uh, and and I'm going to continue to encourage them after they say, I do. I talked to Carol this week. Carol lost her husband years ago. And she just never stopped. She serves on a quilting team that meets here at the church. And they, 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 they sew, I think, these quilts. They, they quilt these quilts. Uh, and, and the quilts are given to people who are going through all kinds of different hardships in their life. And there's a program where beds are given from a local furniture store. And one of our quilts goes with that bed to families that are in need. And on top of that, she traveled with our Kenya team a couple of years ago to teach people there how to run the same kind of ministry. She never stopped serving. Larry and Marianne have been empty nesters for decades, but at this hour, every week, they're in Kid City teaching a class. And in fact, this year, Mary celebrated 50 years serving in Kid City. And to me, like, that's a life sentence. (laughs) But to her, it's just joy. And it's her looking for ways to give back. What great examples of people who have learned and are learning the secret to being content. And so will you be a people that learn to live in the moment, making the most of every situation? Finally, third, I will commit to living in community no matter what stage of life I'm in. See, I have a lot of favorite things that take place around here, but two of them are things that happen on Tuesdays. Tuesday morning, we have a group called Young at Heart that meets right over here. Uh, People who are in their retirement years, and they have not given up on meeting together. They come together, they study God's word, they sing some hymns. But the part I love to kind of walk by and eavesdrop on is when they're praying for each other and praying for this church. 
They've prayed for you. And I love it. And then later on Tuesday evenings, we have a group called Revive that meets here in the building. People who are 18 to 30 years old. People who uh, have embraced that time in their life. Most of them are single. And, and they just have found community. And they pour into each other. And they serve together. And they love each other. Most of us here, we fit in between those two age categories. And I want to tell you the same thing that we tell every person who's looking for a church home here. Sunday mornings are incredible. We love it. But if you don't get involved beyond that, if you don't find your people, you're not getting the whole experience. You're not getting the whole thing. And so if you need, if you need a group, if you don't have a group, you can go on the Church Center app. You can stop at the Hub. You can go on the website. There's probably 42 ways. Smoke signal. Who knows? You can send us a message saying, I'm ready to be in a group. And on the app, you just you tap groups, and then you say find a group. And it will help you find a group at a time and a place and maybe a topic that works for you. Do not give up. I love what Paul says in another one of his letters. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. And I love, love, love that the core thing that we do when we come together on Sundays is we partake in the Lord's Supper together. And Jesus gives us the greatest example of contentment when he says this in Luke chapter 22. He says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Didn't want to do it. Didn't want to go through the rejection that was going to be required. But the very next words that came out of his mouth, he says, but I want your will to be done, not mine. It wasn't the stage of life that he was thrilled about, but he willingly stepped into it for you and for me. You see, in the wake of all of our mistakes, the world shouts at us, I told you so. But what this moment of communion whispers at us, states to us, is Jesus loves you so. And so we take a piece of bread together. It represents the body of Jesus. A body that was broken. And beaten. And crucified. And we remember the sacrifice he made for us. We take a cup of juice. We've grown to love the noise of the foil being pulled back. And we're reminded that the blood of Jesus was not spilled. It was intentionally poured out for you and for me. God, we thank you for teaching, what us, teaching us what it looks like to live in community, meeting us right where we are, and whispering to each and every one of us, Jesus loves you so. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.